This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, welcome along to the Liverpool Echo's Blood Red podcast. I'm Matt Addison, Paul Gorst and David Lynch, both with me for this afternoon's show. We're going to be reviewing Newcastle United very shortly, previewing the Champions League semi-final second leg with Villarreal as well. And we'll also predict the Liverpool team and the scoreline for that one. We are recording this live, so if you've got any questions, do stick them in the comments section and we'll get to the best of those either at the end of the show or as they pop along. Gorsty, though, we'll start with Newcastle, where Liverpool won by a goal to nil in the Premier League. Really, though, it could quite easily have been a, a little bit more straightforward for them in the end. Quite a few missed chances in the second half, but they weren't made to pay. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't at the game Saturday, so I can't speak from a kind of traditional point of view, but I don't think it was ever um, a case of Liverpool being in too much jeopardy. It was, as you say, you know, a case of them... Missing a fair few decent chances. I thought Diogo Jota could have had a hat-trick on another day, couldn't he? One decent header in the first half, a couple in the second half. Um, the Bravka saved them. But I thought Liverpool did really well to limit Newcastle from an attacking threat, really. Um, everyone knows how tricky and troublesome Sam Maximum can be. Anyone who, who watches Newcastle, you know, you're always on the edge of the sheet when he, he has the ball. And, he didn't even get half a chance, did he, really? The high line worked to perfection. Um can't even think of any real chance that Newcastle had, really. Um, we know Almiron scored, but for me, offside is an offside. I don't even like to dwell on it and pretend that it was even a chance because once that flag goes up, uh, let's move on and, and get on with the game. So I thought Liverpool were, were very, very professional. Um, was it five changes, six changes? Um, you know, plenty of... Eyebrows raised when you saw the likes of Trent Misson and Fabinho and Salah, but I think that's the beauty of this Liverpool team now. They can, you've got the 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 all important rhythm as Klopp always you know talks about to be able to make those changes without diluting the quality too much. Um, everyone's really chomping at the bit, looking to get a few minutes under the belt, and when they get a chance, they are looking to impress, and and no more so than. Someone like Joe Gomez, who will never be the first choice right back for Liverpool, but I thought he was he was excellent on the day, giving a really passable impression of Trent Alexander-Arnold with some of his crosses. And I thought for very different reasons, Cater and, and Milner were excellent as well in midfield. Um, Milner just doing a typical Milner job, really very you know tidy and, and underrated, just kind of going under the radar, but winning tackles, keeping it ticking over and... Um, it was a crucial tackle that he won, wasn't it, for the opening goal? And, and then Cater was just a cut above, really. Every touch just kind of oozed quality, and Newcastle couldn't really get near him. So, all in all, a very good day at the office of Liverpool. And um, we know Newcastle are kind of one of the form teams of 2022, but Liverpool went there and um, just showed that they are, you know, levels above teams who are in and around Newcastle's area of the table. Yeah, absolutely. A very, very good afternoon for Naby Keita, David. What did you make of, of his performance? Was this the, the kind of latest pitch, really, for, for him to, to possibly get a new contract at some point? It, it seems like we say that every week, but I suppose for as long as he stays fit, that is going to be the case. Yeah, it's it's been fascinating this season, really, just sort of how big of a role he's played. Because I don't, you know, I don't think a lot of us would have expected that. Not because we've ever doubted his quality, and we we have seen that in flashes, but he's just never been able to put a run together. I mean, Jurgen Klopp spoke about it today, didn't he? That the only issue 
he's ever had with Cater is his fitness and the fact he's been able to get on a pitch regularly has been a major part of this quadruple push. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, okay, he's been one of the key players of it, you know, even though he's recently sort of emerging as a, a bit more of an important player in the team, but it, it's just the fact that you've been able to swap him in and out with players, uh, you know, on a weekly basis and, and give rests. that's really like massively helped Liverpool on this sort of forefronted push for, for trophies really. So, you know, the fact he's playing so well is, is just an added bonus as, as, you know, on top of the availability. And I thought, yeah, another another impressive performance from him. You know, we, we spoke about this before, about the, the contract situation. It's an interesting one. I think you'd certainly say he was ahead of, say, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who's in a similar situation one year out from the end of the contract to the end of the season. Whether he's done enough to, to convince Liverpool to give him a new deal, I, I don't know. I think, you know, in the back of FSG's minds will always be that that availability issue and, and whether, you know, past injuries are always a good indicator that you, you're possibly going to struggle again with injuries and, and he, he may not believe that he's completely over some of those issues enough to say, OK, we'll give him a four or five year deal. It's, you know, it's a bit of a tricky situation, really. I think they'd probably rather ride his deal to the end now and, and maybe look elsewhere, but... In, in terms of his performance level, I, I don't think he could be doing much more. He's been uh, been excellent of late, and, and Newcastle was just another one of those really good performances. And it's yeah, been extremely handy that he's been fit this season. And um, you know, I think probably the most interesting thing of his form of late as well is that he's possibly you know, if you have a Champions League final tomorrow, do you start Cater or Henderson? And, and the fact that that conversation even exists sort of tells you how how good he's been lately. Yeah, absolutely. And alongside him, Ghost, you mentioned James Milner before. He's another one whose contract is starting to run down. A bit of speculation about what might happen with him in the future. But he was another one, really. He was, was really excellent against Newcastle, coming out of the blue and putting a, a real top performance. Who's that, sorry? He kind of just dropped out there. James Milner, mate. Oh, Milner, yeah, yeah. Um, as, as I say, it was kind of just typical Milner, wasn't it? You know, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't anything extraordinary but it was really uh, determined and solid and um i was surprised to see him start to be honest because i, I thought yeah. you know this liverpool team who were championing themselves or, or you know got the likes of us championing them as the best team in the world um i thought they might have been past james milner starting games for them in the center of midfield but i thought klopp's use of him was was expert really he um just put him in there didn't ask him to do a whole lot other than just Keep it simple. Make sure that he, he pressed when he could. Got snapped themselves into tackles, and um, he was a really important player on the day. That was one of the first half, was it? Or first or second? He when he blocked the free kick with the head. It was just a really kind of you know snapshot of, of what he's all about. Really, just putting himself on the line and making sure that Liverpool held on to what they had. And yeah, I think Klopp spoke. A couple of months back, didn't he? About his desire to keep James Milner around, and you know, I, I don't see why why you you'd be so willing to discard that experience and that knowledge. You know, even if he's not playing every game, every every week, he's someone who is going to keep standards high. He's someone who's going to tell players off if it's ever needed. Um, he's kind of like you know, very similar to Henderson, really, aren't he? In, in terms of characters, in terms of just been around the block so many times and, and know what's needed. At, Certain stages of games and certain stages of the season, and and you can't um, you can't just overlook that you know those sorts of qualities. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if Milner does extend his contract. Um, I think he spoke to a couple of journalists after the game as well, and, and there was there was talk of that. And he um, he just epitomises the the kind of Klopp era, doesn't he? You know, just 
obviously joined before Klopp, but has, has been a really integral part of Liverpool's rise. Not necessarily, you know, on the surface, but if you're in, if you're around that squad, and you have been for a few years, you will know that James Milner has been vital to Liverpool's success every step of the way. So um, you'd be wary of, of just getting rid of that so easily. So even if he's not going to be playing many games next season, uh, or you know. Just going forward for the rest of his career, really, it's um, he's still someone who, who you, you want in the camp and someone who whose knowledge you're just keen to tap into it at every chance you get. I do, I do think it's an interesting one with his contract actually, because it, I think it, it, it's a real balancing act now, isn't it? In terms of what does James Milner want in terms of how many minutes does he want to play at this stage of his career? Does you know does he not think that if he could maybe go to a sort of lower down Premier League club? I'm thinking obviously if Leeds United could stay up. Um, you know, is a, a good example. Could he go there and could he could he pick, pick up quite a few more minutes? And you know, you've got to possibly maximise your playing opportunities at this point of the season. And also on Liverpool's side of things, I know the, the noises are all that, that they want to keep hold of him. But you know, in terms of progressing that midfield, and it's obviously an area they're definitely looking at this summer. Um, you know, does it make it easier if 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 you you know you thank Milner for an absolutely unbelievable contribution since he came in, but maybe move him on and and then you move Henderson almost into that role where he whereby he takes on the sort of elder statesman filling in, you know, possibly more than Milner has this season. But yeah, just that that option who's there to sort of back up several positions in that midfield. Um, I think that's a difficult decision to make, especially with the links that have been made recently in terms of uh, the names that possibly signed in the midfield and we're talking you know guaranteed first team you know really in contention I, I think that there's an argument to be made that, that maybe at the end of the season you you thank Milner for all he's done and, and move on but uh, you know like Gorsi said I to- totally understand the argument about keeping his experience around but you know it, it's a difficult decision for both sides to make and it, it's going to be interesting to see how that that one pans out because I don't think it's as clear cut maybe as, as um, you know the, the contract's on the table and, and he's going to sign it I, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to work out that way. Yeah, it almost almost feels to me like one way you kind of give him the, the sort of choice between if if he wants to, you can kind of go down that route. If he yeah. doesn't fancy it, then it'll kind of kind of be left up to to him. And Gorsty, I suppose talking about sort of limited minutes for players this season, Joe Gomez, you mentioned him as well before. He was another one who's kind of fallen into that group, but then obviously came in and, and did really well against Newcastle. I suppose Liverpool won't want to to lose him, and this was another reason why. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think once once you get to pre-season, Joe Gomez is going to have every chance of, of starting games next season as a Liverpool centre-back. I think um, the only thing that's kind of counted against them really this season is his lack of rhythm. Klopp's mentioned that a few times and he hasn't really been able to find gaps or chances in the fixture list where he's been able to, to put him in there. Um, so, uh, fair play to Gomez for adjusting and adapting to the right-back position. That's one that he doesn't want to be playing long-term. He certainly doesn't want to be playing it as a backup right-back but um, needs must at the moment. You know, Alexander Arnold is going to need rest at certain points. Nico Williams is on loan. Connor Bradley's still got a lot of development to do. He's only a young player. And, and Milner, um, well, you know, Milner's a 35 or 6-year-old midfielder, isn't he? So you don't particularly want him playing as a right-back either. So um, I think Gomez has done really well this season when he's been called upon at right-back. He's played against Norwich, Watford and Newcastle. Not the the most glamorous of games or the biggest of fixtures, but he's done very well in in every one of them. And I think a staple of that has been his crossing. You can really tell he's been working on that yeah. um, in training. You know, there was one that he put into Mane in the second half. Mane should have stuck it away in fairness. And 
I'm not sure whether he put the cross in for, for Jota's header in the first half as well, but he did against Watford, didn't he, at the beginning of April, and, and that made the breakthrough on the day. So, yeah, he just needs to buy this time. I'm not, I'm not too concerned that, oh, he's not playing, he, he's going he's gonna to want to leave. I do just think, coming off that injury, Canate's, you know, seamless adjustments, Matip's been fit all season, and obviously Van Dijk is now back to being Van Dijk at his best. It's always going to be difficult for Gomez to play, so um, I just think he needs to get to the summer months, um, and then he's got every chance of um, being involved as a centre back a lot more often next season. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Of course, one match has only just finished. The next one almost about to kick off in Villarreal, David. The next game that will come to for, for Liverpool. Another big one, of course, a, a Champions League semi-final second leg. But crucially, of course, a two-goal advantage from last week. You've got to be confident that Liverpool can make this fairly straightforward relative to the sort of stage of, of the competition that we're at. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent lead going up against a, a team who sort of play extremely defensively anyway. And I think that, that gives you confidence that, you know, Villarreal know they have to get goals this time and, and, and the fact that they've got to open up a little bit, you know, that'll give Liverpool more opportunities certainly than they had in the first leg. And, and they, they did very, very well in the first leg, opening up Villarreal quite a few times anyway, you know, despite that defensive approach. So, yeah, they should be should be full of confidence going into this one. I think I think the key is to not concede an early goal. I'm thinking, you know, the, the 3-0 lead they had against City a few years ago and then they conceded after about five minutes. And uh, I know it's different levels of teams, but the, the atmosphere at Villarreal, if, if they get an early goal, could really... You know, could really make things difficult, and they'll, you know, they'll really believe if they if they can score early. So I think, you know, just just try and make it, you know, slog it out that that first sort of 10, 15 minutes or so, and, and make life difficult for Villarreal, and then, you know, then you can start playing your football and 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 force them into taking a few more risks. So, yeah, should be fully confident in getting through. It's it's not a done deal. You know, Klopp really pushed back on that today, didn't he, in his press conference? The idea that they they're already pretty much through. But, you know, there should be the confidence there that they, they, they can get this job done. Yeah, it's interesting, Gorsty, isn't it, for, for Jurgen Klopp? Obviously, he has to come out and say it's it's only half-time. There's still a long way to go in this tie. But yeah. what are the sort of possible pitfalls that you can see for the Reds? Is, is there any way that they can make this complicated for themselves? Uh, well, I suppose if you're at the mercy of, of an individual error or an early goal and, and Villarreal really get the tails up, but... Um, you know, if, if we'd have spoken about this back in August or September when the Champions League started, and you said Liverpool were going into a semi final away from home to Villarreal with a 2 0 lead for a chance in the final, you, you know, you, you'd be wondering. I mean, it's just a, almost a dream scenario for Liverpool, isn't it? Because they, you'd imagine they're going to be resolute enough to withhold or withstand any real pressure from Villarreal. Because Villarreal's march to the semi-finals has kind of been on the back of counter-attack and football, so Liverpool don't have to force the issue. And imagine they still will, because Klopp was saying in his press conference that they're not going to do any difference. But uh, if Liverpool are happy to give Villarreal the ball, then the onus will be on them, and then the roles will be reversed. Really, Liverpool counter-attack as, as well as anyone in, in world football. So maybe, I mean, I don't think they will, but maybe there's an argument that. Liverpool can kind of approach this one a little bit differently to how they normally would and not to soak up the pressure and hit Villarreal on the break. But 
Um, I just think Klopp. I mean, Klopp was asked about the away record in his press conference, wasn't he? And Liverpool have beaten some really big teams away from home in the Champions League this season. That let's go Madrid and Porto, AC Milan, Inter Milan. So um, I think Liverpool will just approach it as normal. Um, but you can't really look beyond Liverpool seeing this through, can you? As I say, you know, an individual error, or, you know, a decision from the referee that completely turns the game on its head. But I suspect Liverpool will be professional enough and, and good enough to uh, to see this out tomorrow night. Yeah, Unai Emery confirmed a, a little bit earlier on. I think that Gerard Moreno is back one one in two for for him this season when he's been fit, Lynchy. But you know, even even that, you kind of you, you still have to make a, a fairly big case for for Villarreal having too much to, to shout about going into this one. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, a great player by the way. Re, you know, really really sort of deadly strike but it, it's not like for example what it could have been which is Robert Lewandowski coming back from an injury and you know he, and also Jared Moreno is coming up against Virgil van Dijk and, and one other and you think you know generally in this season that's been a pretty you know good enough to, to keep a lot of clean sheets I think Liverpool have kept four clean sheets on the balance now as well going into this one so they'll be pretty confident they can they can keep Villarreal out and it, I think you know Villarreal really they want to score the goals on the counter as well don't they I just don't think Liverpool are going to provide opportunities to do that they're very good at shutting that off against most teams most of the time but the fact they've already got a 2-0 lead to sit on as well will make things a lot easier in terms of the risks they have to take so yeah it's just very difficult to see even with that sort of big injury boost going Villarreal's way and whether they'll whether they'll be I just can't see them pulling this off to be honest no, we, we want to take it one step at a time. Of course, Liverpool, if they do get through it, we Real Madrid or Manchester City, Gorsty. And I suppose with one eye on that one, obviously there's the Premier League title kind of element of it, of City having a much more difficult tie. But there's also the, the kind of decision of who would you rather face? Would, would you rather face Real Madrid? Would you rather face Manchester City? I think it's, it's a fairly obvious one for me. Yeah, it is. I'd say you'd rather face Real Madrid. Um seen Real Madrid a lot during the knockout stages and, and the, they haven't been the better team in, in any of the, the ties that they've, they've had. They've performed in bursts, almost kind of just recognising that they are Real Madrid and then that kind of takes control and before they know before they know it, they've found them, themselves back into the tie. Um, looking at the, the PSG game, that was a mixture of goalkeeping errors and PSG collapsing and Benzema was just red hot, wasn't he? But even against Man- Manchester City, what was it, 2-0 after 10-11 minutes and you're looking at that and thinking, well, it's it's going to be Manchester City, isn't it? But it's just something about Real Madrid, you know, over 180 minutes of football. They, they've just got really solid mentality um, that just keeps them in games. It's a, it's a strange quality. I don't really know how you kind of develop that skill, but... Rounded have certainly got it. They are mentally so strong. And then you've obviously got Modric and Benzema who've just been sublime in this Champions League season. But if you're asking me now, who would rather face in Paris? And uh, I'd rather play them over uh, Manchester City. I think if Liverpool did come up against Real Madrid, I fancy Liverpool when they're on top in their big moments to, to take the game away from Real Madrid. Um, it's just a case of Real Madrid just doing as they, as they always do. And just having a good 10 or 15 minute spell that seems to get them back in back into games and into ties. So um that, that's gonna be a fascinating one on Wednesday night, but Liverpool have still got a job to do first. 
Yeah, absolutely, David. In terms of, of the game between Real Madrid and Manchester City, obviously you'd expect that Manchester City would find that more difficult than Liverpool would with Villarreal. There's the obvious sort of question then in terms of the impact that that might have in, in the Premier League. I mean, it's Newcastle, isn't it, next week for Manchester City? Is is there any sort of hope between what you've seen of, of City recently and what you might see of them in the Champions League? How do you sort of see it panning out for, for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I, th- you know, I think the draws in the Champions League, it, it can hurt you, can't you, if you've got a huge game and then you've got to make changes. I mean, we saw you know, Liverpool arguably owe their FA Cup final place to the, the fact that Manchester City had drawn Atletico at the time and then had to make all those changes. I mean, yeah, I expect Liverpool would have given them a good game anyway, but the fact that he just walked all over them in that first half had a lot to do with what City had had to do in the Champions League. So if it's you know a similar test going away to Real Madrid, really difficult, going to have to put out all the best players. And I know... You rested a few at the weekend, in the, so they've had that luxury. But can you do it in the game after as well? And you know, coming up against Newcastle side, who were sort of flying as, as Liverpool saw. I thought, you know, as well as Liverpool did against them, they can cause teams problems. And you, you know, the confidence that's sort of flowing through them, and the fact they only got beat by Liverpool probably gives them a little extra bump as well. You know, believing that they, you know, they're not that far away from from beating one of the big boys. So. Yeah, you, you hope that that complains Liverpool's hands that, that that City sort of you know even if you get through the the, the ties go in for the whole ninety minutes or you know and and it's a difficult one for them and they, they put a lot into it and then maybe you know they, they start feeling those legs at the weekend in the Premier League you know these these things can matter um, and that you know that's why Liverpool if they can get their tie wrapped up nice and early maybe score an early goal then you know that that again on the flip side will be a, a really big benefit for them as well so. Yeah, this this could be a you know a massive week for Liverpool. We you think that City are just going to win every game and that Liverpool are going to do the same, but these little little details can be decisive. So hopefully, uh, hopefully City can uh, put a little bit much into that Real Madrid game, lose that, and then lose after it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Liverpool just got to take care of their own job, haven't they? And see if they can win the games and sort of move on from there. The only other sort of thing I wanted to mention on that, Gorsty, was the fact that Liverpool play first. Obviously, Liverpool played first before Manchester City this weekend. Didn't cause them too many issues because they beat Leeds United 4-0 a few hours later. But that is the case for the next couple of games as well. It'll be the case next weekend. Liverpool obviously playing Tottenham. City then going and, and playing Newcastle at home the following day is... Is that something to sort of cling to, or am I clutching at straws a little bit there? I don't know really. I, th- I think you'd rather be playing first, um, just because of the additional pressure that, that comes with it. Liverpool, for about three months, I think Liverpool were forced to play after City, and it was a case of not being able to put any real pressure on them because of that. All they, they could do was just keep on top of the coattails. You know, it was always a case of them, um, for example, making sure a 10-point lead was back to seven. It wasn't a case of turning a seven-point lead in, into a four and just putting a little bit more pressure on City. So I think you'd rather play first if you had the choice. Um, but I think Liverpool, like, like in, in the in the previous leg, really, where City had to go to Atletico um, just before the FA Cup semi-final. I think Liverpool have got the, the better half of the draw here, if you like, they're playing on the Tuesday. Um, they're already tuning them up. You'd imagine if they do get an early goal or whatever, then they can make full use of those five subs ahead of Tottenham on Saturday night. Whereas, I don't think... I think City are going to go through against Real Madrid. They're going to be playing until the 90, 93rd, 4th minute. 
at the very least, because I think that'll be a really tough one in the Bernabeu. They've just come off being crowned champions of Spain yet again, haven't they? And they've got the uh, the form striker of Europe in Benzema, and that's going to be, as I say, it's going to be a fascinating one. That um, I'm, I'm not going to get to see it, I don't think, because I think I'm flying back from from the game. So um, the case of switching my phone on, on as soon as I get there and seeing who hopefully Liverpool have got in Paris uh, later this month. But, um, you know, as Fence Alexander-Arnold was saying in the press conference, it's just a case of every game at the moment is just so big and and Liverpool are almost just taking a deep breath, taking the plunge, and then they'll come up for it at the end of the season and see what they've ended up with. But it's never it's never been this exciting, has it? Certainly not in my lifetime, anyway. The final month of the season with so much still to play for, it um, could be a special four-week period, this. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, a brilliant last few weeks for Liverpool. Hopefully that continues for, for the next four. And let's hope as well that they are in the Champions League final. Obviously need to, to get the right result against Villarreal. Not necessarily a win, not even you know a more than one goal defeat would do it for them, wouldn't it? But let's pick our team for that game. David, I'll come to you first. I think we both know that Alison Becker will be in goal, but I think there might possibly be a change or two in the back line. Who would you pick if you were Jurgen Klopp? Yeah, I think it's the the centre half rotation is going to happen again. You know, I think we can see it coming. It'll be interesting to see what what sort of happens when you know, say that if if Liverpool do get to the Champions League final, whether whether Jurgen Klopp sticks to his guns on that one. You know, to to go with Mats in the Premier League, Canati in the Champions League, because. You know, would he would he just then slip into the idea of okay, this isn't multiple games in a week. I'm I'm just going to go with my what I think is my strongest centre half pairing, and be really interesting to see what he actually thinks that is now because I think it's been so seamless, hasn't it? You you know, like I said, we've four clean sheets on the bounce, and there's been rotation at centre half, and and Liverpool haven't missed a beat defensively at all. But you know, saying that, I, I do think he's going to do it again for this one. I think you know because of the schedule, I think it's it's best to keep that rotation going. But I think you your big guns elsewhere, obviously, are coming back in. You've got Alexander Arnold after that that welcome rest uh, coming back in at right back, and then yeah, so I think Canate, Van Dijk, and then and then Robertson obviously will will keep his place. Is there any argument, Gorsty, for for Costa Simicas to come in? I think we probably both expect Trent to, to come in. Is is there any any chance at all that Robertson? Is going to have a rest at some point in the last few weeks. Could it be this one if he is? Do you know what, Matt? I always associate you with this question. It seems to be one. <laughs> you're, always, you're always trying to bang the drum for Simicast, aren't you? He tries um, to get him on the podcast as well. <laughs> um, I mean, if if this was maybe a a last 16 tie, then I, I, could, I could understand that. But I just think... Um, Go, go with your, your best team, you know, as, as close as possible to your best team. And Simicast has done absolutely nothing wrong this season, but I just think Robertson is just in such good form at the moment. Um, I'd be putting him in. One thing that, that I'm always becoming a little bit more surprised about is how often it seems to be matter for the Premier League and Canate for the Champions League. There doesn't really seem to be any real rhyme or reason for that, other than the fact that it's two different competitions. Um for me, I'd, I'd be picking... I mean, Canate hasn't done anything wrong at all, but I just think a, a settled-back line, settled centre-back partnership of, of Van Dijk and Matip is Liverpool's best. Um, so I'd be putting Matip in, but I think it's going to be Canate again on, on Tuesday night. 
yeah, I'm going to go for Canate. I'm going to go for Simicast as well. I think he's got to play at some point before the end of the season. And if, you, if you're ever going to play him, it might be in this one. That, here a couple of yeah, goals. that's it. It's possibly, the, you know, it's possibly his last chance to maybe make that rotation. So, you know, maybe he sees this with a 2-0 lead and, you know, the rest of the defence and the goalkeeper being pretty strong anyway, maybe he could just throw him in for this one and, and that would be his last chance to do so, I think, yeah. Yeah, I do think Robertson will need a, a bit of time. Maybe he could come on for the last half an hour. I don't know. Five substitutes, yeah. so we'll see. Hopefully we see him at some point. I would like to. <laughs> um, let's move on to the, the midfield. Of course, they'll come to you first on this one. I think there's probably two certainties, given that they didn't start against Newcastle, and then, and then one more. Yeah, um, I, I kind of got the feeling the clock was going to go with Kater on this one. Obviously, Thiago and Fabinho are the two you're talking about. And, uh, Klopp just said... Um, Something along the lines of we'll see see how many minutes we give him tomorrow. You know, talking about Cater, so I've just got a feeling he might start, and then depending on how the game goes, he might get thirty minutes, twenty minutes rest for uh, for maybe Henderson. So yeah, I'll go with Thiago, Fabinho, and Cater. Yep, same for me. I think it's just a, a toss up, isn't it, David, between Henderson and, and Cater? Which way would you go with that one? Yeah, I think I think the ca- the case at, at the moment as well is to keep that sort of midfield trio ticking along if they can because it, it you know it's looking really strong at the moment when whenever they play together and if you can you know just keep that sort of partnership building and and we obviously know how good uh, Fabinho and, and Thiago are together but I think Kate is really sort of starting to nail down as as, as the third man in that so if they, yeah I think it's a, an opportunity to sort of keep that going so I agree with that. Of course, in terms of the forward line, Mohamed Salah is probably going to come back in again, similar to Thiago and Fabinho. But then the other two, no Roberto Firmino, but there is still a couple of choices. Yeah, I'm I'm not too sure what to do here. Um, don't know whether to keep Jota down the middle, bring Bathmane down the middle, Diaz, does Diaz start? I think we know Salah's going to start, don't we? And I, I'm going to go with Salah, Jota, and Diaz. Yep, yeah, same here. I think Sadio Mane might have to come off the bench. David, are you going to go with him or keep Mane for the substitutes? Yeah, no, I was, I was going to keep Mane in. So I, my my thinking was to go Mane up front, um, Salah, and then and then Diaz on on each side. Um, I, I I just think with Jota sometimes, and this could be crucial in a game like this. I think the ball comes back a little bit too easily. From central positions, he, he doesn't hold it up particularly well, or certainly not as well as Firmino or, or Mane has done in recent weeks. So I think maybe that'll tempt him to go with Mane down the middle, and then uh, the left hand side. I think Diaz is just in really lively form, isn't he? You know, try and keep that going, and and, and Mo Salah, you obviously can't leave him out. So that's my sort of uh, thinking on that one. Yeah, no, more than more than fair. I think Diogo Jota, to be fair, did do did do okay at keeping yeah. against Newcastle. I thought that yeah. was I'm, I'm being actually, extremely harsh. <laughs> <laughs> it was was actually one of his, his better sort of performances in that regard, actually, at the, at the weekend. But yeah, completely see where you're coming from. Those are our teams then. Let's do our match predictions as well. I'm gonna stick with my usual 2-0 to Liverpool. I think Liverpool probably will keep it tight. I think VRL will probably keep it tight for the first hour or so and then possibly try and go for it a little bit after that. Ghosty, how do you reckon it might go? Yeah, I'm with you on this, Matt. I think it will ultimately be a fairly comfortable evening for, for the Champions League semi-final. Again, Alexander Arnold referenced the kind of chaotic nature of the, the two previous semi-finals against Roma and, and Barcelona, but I don't think there'll be any anything near the sort of that to, tomorrow. So, yeah, 2-0 Liverpool. 
David, straightforward for you as well? Yeah, I think I, I don't think it's ever going to be in doubt, but maybe if, if Villarreal open up, they might be able to just nick one. So I'll, I'll say 2-1 to Liverpool. Excellent stuff. All three of us going for fairly comfortable Liverpool wins and into that final in Paris then. But that will just about do us for this edition of the podcast. Plenty of stuff to come across all of the usual places, pre and post-match. Until next time, though, from all of us here, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.